Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. Hey, everyone. This is Casey Stubbs with the How to Trade It podcast. Today, I'm excited for my guest. His name is JC Peretz. He's the founder of All Star Charts. He's one of the most widely followed technical analysts in the world. Thank you, JC. Listen, happy to be here, Casey. Let's talk markets. What's up? We're going to talk the markets and our names rhyme, JC and Casey. It's like a perfect combo. I won the championship. I won like a little league championship when I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12. And our leadoff hitter was Casey. He was the man. Yeah, I saw that you uh, played baseball. I played baseball too, but I wasn't any good. Uh, What's your favorite team? Well, I grew up an Orioles fan because in my I grew up in Miami, so the University of Miami Hurricanes were like in the College World Series every year, so they were an easy team to like, and you can get tickets for nothing. You know, my dad was like in law school at UM, so like we got to go for free and stuff. And then um, the Orioles used to do spring training in Miami Stadium when I was a kid. We didn't have a pro team, so the Marlins didn't come till '93, and that's been a, a, a train wreck. Um, so you know, I, I like this the game of baseball. I like going to baseball games, whether it's Yankee Stadium or Miami or Baltimore or, you know, San Francisco, L.A., whatever. I just I like going to games, drinking beers, eating the dog. So when you were a kid, did you want to be a baseball player or a technical analyst? Man, um, <laughs> you know, I didn't grow up in a family that would, like, talk about markets at the dinner table, right? Like, that, like my parents, like, they had, like, mutual funds and stuff like that um 401ks and stuff like that but that was really the extent of it It, I I wasn't introduced to Wall Street and and markets until I got to college I went to I played baseball at Fairfield University which is right next to Greenwich Connecticut you know the hedge fund capital of the world so a lot of my friends and colleagues and stuff like you know friends in college at the time you know their plans were to work at hedge funds or big four accounting firms or whatever and I was like all right and then as soon as I got an internship at Merrill Lynch when I was in school um, I fell in love right away. It was love at first sight. I was like, this is fantastic. I'm in. Uh, I didn't necessarily know that I was going to be a technical analyst. Uh, I didn't quite get there until about 2005. Uh, and then one thing led to the next, and here we are. <laughs> okay. Well, that that's pretty cool. And, you know, it's fun as a kid when you get introduced to the markets because you just don't know that it, that's there. I didn't come from a market uh, family either. And so when I first discovered, I was like, wow, you can make money in the markets. That's amazing. I was like blown away. I was like, love at first sight for me. Well, I talked to like, I've had like employees and like, um, you know, interns and stuff like that, whose parents are junkies. And so they always grew up that way. And like, for me, it, it wasn't like that. Right. I, I thought I was going to be Cal Rivkin. Right. <laughs> so, um, I'm curious about the technical analyst side, because I know that from researching, you were had to decide whether you wanted to go into fundamental analyst or technical, and you decided to go into the technical side. What what made that decision for you, uh, and how did you come to decide technical analysis? Yeah, listen, I, I was young, uh, learning about the market, and and quickly realizing how bad I was uh, at it, 
and how that that wasn't like a sustainable situation i had to get better at it so it's like okay do i get like do i get my master's degree like do i get do i try to apply to columbia or nyu and get a master's i was in the city at the time and uh so that didn't make any sense i was like for what i'm not gonna go be mr corporate guy um but then uh so it was like okay do i get my fun do i go fundamental and get a cfa and be part of that whole world or do I get a CMT and learn about technical analysis and, you know, trading and stocks versus fundamental analysis, more about like companies and, you know, accounting and the fundamentals of company. Like that's, it wasn't for me. Like, I don't really care about companies. I'm more interested in the stocks, uh, which ultimately led to commodities and the intermarket relationships and currencies and all of that stuff that, you know, and as soon as I, so I made that decision, not knowing at the time how important that decision would ultimately be. And, you know, probably through chapter three of the John Murphy book, you know, I was hooked. And then and then I got to Edwards and McGee and forget it. It was over. So it was like you, it was like the the nerd side of it caught your attention. <laughs> it just made sense to me. It just made yeah. sense. Like, oh, OK. Yeah. Like it just always it always made sense. And the other stuff never did because like you're guessing you have to you're taking like a in a fundamental world, you are taking information right? That is from the past, by the way. People are like, oh, technical analysis only uses information from the past. It's like, well, we're all forced to use it. No one can get future info. If you can find <laughs> me some data from the future, I would be happy to take a look. I haven't found yeah. any. So I'm forced to look. So fundamentals look at information from the past, obviously, also. The auditors at these accounting firms are kids right out of school. Like, I went to a good accounting school. Fairfield University is a good accounting program. I was not an accountant, but a lot of my friends were. Like, great. They all worked with they don't know the first thing about the companies that they're auditing. They do the best they can. So already the fundamental analysts are getting flawed data, right? And then the analysts are, you know, having to then create a, put a multiple on, on, on those future earnings, like, and then see if the market agrees with you or not. Like there's just so many, there's so much room for error throughout that entire process. Garbage in, garbage out. So the beauty of technical analysis is that we know markets trend. We know that. People are like, oh, the market's just random. No, it's not just random. Like, returns do not fall under a normal distribution. We have the data that shows that it's not random, that markets, in fact, do trend. Asset prices trend. And also, there's common sense. Like, if you read through charts, you'll see it goes up for a while. It goes sideways for a while. It goes down. Like, markets trend. It's There's common sense. And then you can quantify it. And also, they do trend. So if we know markets trend, that's why technical analysis works. Because what are we doing? We're looking for trends, right? So if you're ignoring those trends, you are at a massive disadvantage. And for us, we pro- we focus only on trends um, and and combining the trends of all asset classes to be able to put the pieces of the puzzle together in terms of what the world looks like. Um, and that's how we can identify opportunities. Um, regardless of uh, the market environment, right? There's always something, there's always things moving in both direction, up and down. You can um, get a chart out and get a five-year-old to look at and you can say, which direction are the lines on the chart going? And they'll say, it's going up. (laughs) So a five-year-old cannot tell you that there's a trend. It's not, you know, it's a real thing, definitely. I don't care who you are. That needs to be step one. If you are wondering if you're asking yourself hey should i buy this stock should i make this investment before doing anything else the first question that needs to that needs to be answered is it going up or is it going down 
what direction is it going in or at this point, right? Not, oh, what did the CEO say? What are the earnings? What's the PE multiple? Is it going up or is it going down? It'll take you one second, two maybe if you're slow, (laughs) to be able to determine, oh, it's going up. Oh, it's going down. So if it, you know, does the market agree with you or not? Well, the thing, the, the, the tricky part about that is the reversal side, because we know that what goes up must come down. And we know that markets love to shake people out of trends. And so, you know, there's the whole thought of, oh, well, I don't want to buy because it's overbought. Now, I'm a believer that there's really no such thing because it could just keep going and no one knows when it's going to stop. My whole thing about overbought conditions is people are like, oh, JC, I can't buy it because it's overbought. It's like, well, how can an overwhelming amount of buying pressure possibly be a bad thing, right? So for us, we can we look at overbought and oversold conditions using uh, an oscillator. It's called RSI, Relative Strength Index. Um, it, it just it shows momentum relative to itself over time. So it's a 14-period RSI. We use it on a daily time frame and on a weekly time frame. And in, in strong uptrends and uptrends in general – you're going to see overbought conditions. RSI is going to get, it's an oscillator, so it goes 0 to 100. Over, you're going to see readings above 70, which is overbought. What you're not going to see is oversold readings. You're not going to see uh, momentum get oversold. You're not going to see a break below 30. And if you do see a break below 30, you should probably question whether that's, in fact, an uptrend or not because oversold conditions are not characteristics of uptrends. In uptrends, markets get overbought. They don't get oversold. So I look at... Uh, Overbought conditions, not as a, a bearish indicator, but actually as confirmation that prices are trending higher. That's a totally different way that most traders look at the market, right? And so I a think- lot of traders are trained to to look for mean reversion. I've read every technical analysis book in, in business. A lot of them, like and especially like when I used to study for my CMT, like way back in the day, like a lot of it is like indicators overbought, oversold, mean reversion. And like while there's a time and a place for everything, at the end of the day, markets trend. So if your specialty is in mean reversion, you're already at a disadvantage because markets trend. Volatility mean reverts. That's the difference. Asset prices trend, volatility mean reverts. The way investors behave is generally with the thought that it's price that mean reverts and volatility that trends. But it's the opposite. You know, when volatility is high, they want to bet on higher volatility. When volatility is low, they want to bet on lower volatility. But when it's really, it's really the opposite. When volatility is high, you want to bet the opposite because volatility is mean reverting. In prices, what they want to do is, oh, it's overbought, sell it. No, <laughs> prices trend, right? So you want to mean reversion strategies in volatility, trending following strategies in asset prices. Okay, so you're saying mean revision, uh, just so I can understand that, that is saying that's a, a trading strategy that says that price will come back to the average. Right. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So when something's like overbought, like extended to the upside, it'll come back to a moving average, a 200 day, 50 day moving average, whatever it is. That is the mean that prices are reverting to. Or if it's oversold and it's extended to the downside, a mean reversion would be higher back towards the mean in 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 the market. In real life, prices tend not to mean revert. They tend to continue to move in that direction. Rarely do they mean revert. In volatility, it's the opposite. Volatility right. always means okay. reverse. Okay. And and in a trend there... Where is it going to mean reverse? <laughs> in a strong trend, you're right. It will just keep moving. But that's the key is you have to identify the right trend. And so, you know, I just in thinking about trends and overbought and 
some fundamental analysis could be added to that. Not saying that you need to, but if you look at like a brand new industry, for example, like I noticed you're wearing the, the crypto hat, right? So crypto is relatively a baby industry and uh, it's been going up a lot. I mean, recently we've been going down, but overall the, the trend has been up. And that could continue on for quite some time because if this industry grow, continues to grow for 50 to 100 years, that could be the pattern for the next 50 to 100 years and you could just ride that trend. Hello, this is Casey and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. Yeah, see, I'm not smart enough to know whether it's going to be a big trend or not. For me, it's just like if it's going up, we're going to buy them and betting that they're going to keep going up. And if they're going down, we're going to sell them and bet they're going to keep going down. And if they are in a sideways trend, so I don't treat, I don't put crypto up on a pedestal. I treat it just, I treat them like software stocks, basically. You know, like, yeah, there's an element of, uh, an added element of interest. Me personally, like I'm rocking a Satoshi had somebody mailed it to me. Like, I'm generally interested in learning more about it, but like, I'm not an expert and I'm certainly not going to put my money on the line based on something that I know for a fact I am not an expert in. I have to trust price just like anything else. But getting back to the trends, I think there's a time and a place for trend following strategies and mean reverting strategies, right? So, you know, part of tr the trend identification process is identifying perhaps a lack of trend. So markets trend higher, they trend lower, and a lot of times they trend sideways. And in those sideways trends, those mean reverting strategies, selling over bot conditions, buying over sold conditions, you know, and in fact, in messy market environments, you end up getting overbought and oversold conditions, overbought and oversold conditions in, in, in the oscillator that we were just describing. While in trending markets, it's going to be one or the other, right? So, so the number one factor is market condition rather than... Uh, the mean reversion, because if you try to apply a trend trading strategy right. in a sideways market, you're going to get totally destroyed because you're going to you're going to see some breakouts and then it's going to revert. And and so it correctly identifying your current market environment is really important, right? Yep, that's exactly right. And it starts there. And that's something that I learned from Jeff DeGraff, you know, one of my favorite technical analysts. He's the man. I learned this from him a long time ago, uh, mid-2000s probably. The first thing you want to do is identify what type of market environment are we in. And then based on the type of market environment that we're in, which tools and strategies are best served for that environment? High volatility environment, you want to be selling premium. Low volatility environment, you want to be buying premium. 
you know, trend trending environments, you want to be participating in the direction of that trend. Uh, a lack of trending environment. For me, I'd rather be cash heavy because I don't do well. It's just not my game, the buy low, sell high, choppy, choppy, choppy. Like, that's just not for me. For me, in, in trendless environments, I'd rather be just selling the wings, selling the wings, collecting income all day. Some people can't do well in mean in, in trend-following strategies because they're just Mr. Mean Reversion, Mr. Indicator, you know, and, and maybe when things are trending, that's not a good environment for them. But when it's choppy, they can play that game all day. So I think it's also about who you are. Me, I like my life simple. I don't want to be glued to a screen like choppy, choppy, choppy. Sell the wings, collect the income, call it a day for me. So do you have a specific step-by-step formula for trend identification? Like, I know you can see a chart and look at it's going up, but is there anything specific that you're looking for to know that this is a trend you're interested in? Yeah, I wish I had like a fancy answer for you, like this like secret algorithm that I keep like in my basement or something like that. But like, it's not like it really is just look, looking at pictures all day, you know, like, you know, a certain element of common sense. Is it going up? Is it going down? Or is it going sideways? Like, you know, it really I, you know, I hate to like oversimplify, but it really is that simple. And because it's hard to create a formula because every market environment is different. Right. There is no formula. That's the whole point. Like every time it's a new it's a new way. So you really just have to eye it and be like, are more of them going up or are more of them going down or or are more of them going sideways? And that, I think, gets lost because it's always like, what's the indicator? What's the S&P 500 doing? It's what's happening underneath the surface. How many stocks in the S&P 500 are going up? How many are going down? How many are going sideways? The different sectors. How many of the sectors are going up? How many are going down? How many are going sideways? Right. Where's the outperformance? Where's the leadership? Where's the relative strength? You know, you look at something like energy. Energy was the best performing sector in 2021. It was the best performing sector in the first quarter this year. Been the best performing sector in the second quarter. The best performing sector in May. Like these are not new things. Right. And so, you know, that's a great place to, to go and tell that things change. So how do you manage your trades? Or if you're looking big picture, um, are you like a, a long term? You hold them for a long period of time. Um, how do you how do you get in and out of positions? Yeah, I mean, listen, sometimes you'd be like, I'm going to be in this trade for three months and then your target gets hit in a week, like, you know, or you get stopped out or whatever. So like, it's it's hard to like truly pinpoint a time horizon in a, you know, I it, theoretically what we're looking at, we're looking at weeks and months is really what we're looking at. Um, and again, first identifying what type of market environment we're in. Like, you know, I, I like a lot of cash. I've liked a lot of cash. You know, I liked doing less and being smaller. You know, those are the types of things that I like to do in messy environments. Sell the wings and call it a day. A lot of cash. Don't get cute. Sell the wings and call it a day. Bottom fish and art get stopped out tomorrow. Okay, sell some wings again. You know, do less tight stops. You know, that's what you do here in, in, in healthy trending environments, perhaps, that we're making higher highs and higher lows. More sectors are breaking out. Risk on indicators around the world are going nuts. Risk off indicators are collapsing. Just healthy environments like we've had in the past, 2017, um, you know, 2020, the back half of 2020, like good environments. What do you want to do? You want to be really stepping on it, buying those breakouts, putting on risk reversal, sell those naked puts, buy the out of the money calls. Let's go, baby. There's a time and a place. When when the time is good, the time is good. Different strategies for different environments. And and just because I like heavy cash, selling the wings, 
and 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 doing less that's how i've learned the hard way like the best lessons are learned for me for me personally for my lifestyle that is best served for me for somebody else they're this messy environment they're loving it it's like it's like christmas for them not me right so so when you talk about learning the hard way what are some of the the really important hard lessons that you learned that helped you become what you are today yeah you get chopped up in messy markets be like oh man i'm getting chopped up in this messy market and then you know ultimately we're in a trending market and you know it's like wow this is way easier man it, it sucks that i got so chopped up uh the prior six months i, I would have a lot more money right now then eventually another choppy market comes around you get chopped up in that again it's like oh i I know this feeling. This ain't fun, right? Like, you know, your your behavior is is information too, right? Uh, when you're getting frustrated doing, having, incorporating the same strategies that had been working for three, four, five, six months, you're starting to get new data that that strategy is not working anymore. So you're already getting information based on your a- actions um, that helps you determine your your net, how you proceed, right? And you use your own behavior as information. So that's that's really what it's all about, just identifying who you are, um, and and. I, you got to learn these lessons the hard way. You got to get chopped up in messy markets so that you stop being so aggressive in messy markets. Yeah, no, that's true. And uh, some of us, it takes a little longer than others. <laughs> Those of us that are hard-headed. We're all but- hard-headed. We're all stubborn. So like, you know, I think we all need to like give ourselves some credit, right? Like it's not easy, right? We can't be so hard on ourselves. Like it's, this is, we're doing the opposite of how we were created to behave like our our own the, the throughout evolution the way we are who we are we're trying to behave in the exact opposite way in the morning yeah, yeah that's, that's really good and it takes important. some training it takes you got to train yourself and it's yeah it takes a lot of training that's good well this has been pretty helpful i i have been encouraged about looking at trends and it's helping me get a mindset on finding those trends and just riding them and go for it. So I think the listeners have had a lot to chew on. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now? I'm just transitioning a little bit, uh, what you're doing now with all-star charts and how everything's going with that and what people, if they're listening, they want to find out some of the things that you can share with them. Totally. Listen, um, all-star charts is, uh, started off as a humble blog like in 2010 you know the world collapsed a lot of us started blogs uh after 2008 it was the beginning of sort of like a social media revolution you know fintwit started out as happy hours in soho and now it turned into this giant you know mega communication network um of financial professionals like yourself and me and a zillion other people with all sorts of areas of expertise and a great way to learn i've just benefited tremendously from the growth of that community happy to be a part of it, happy to continue to share uh, through allstarcharts.com. Follow me on Twitter at allstarcharts. You go to allstarcharts.com, sign up for the chart of the week. You'll get on our list. Um, you know, we'll send you all amazing content that, you know, I try to put on the team is certainly, you know, we have a team of 30, you know, in seven different countries around the world. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool team. That is awesome. Uh, if I sign up for the chart of the week, what kind of markets are you going to send me? All of them. So we look at, you know, anything that's liquid, stocks, rates, not just in America, but around the world, commodities, right? Energy, precious metals, base metals, agriculture, um, you know, the, the stocks that are related to those commodities as well, like agricultural stocks, 
um, and, and gold stocks and energy stocks, oil and gas, explorers and producers, refiners, the whole thing. Um, and cryptocurrency, no doubt about it. We do a lot of work in crypto. I mean, there's just so much activity. Uh, there's so so many that are going up and down every single day. There's so much opportunity there. Um, and then also really putting the pieces of the puzzle together, you know, bringing it all together to get an understanding of, you know, how the markets are working. I mean, ex- expect to see it all. Also at charts.com. Well, uh, for everyone that's listening, I'm going to put the link in the description. I'm going to put JC's Twitter in the description. You need to go check it out. Get the chart of the week. Learn from this great technical analyst. And uh, it's really interesting that you started in 2010 because I started a little bit before that. Uh, I was in construction and uh, I lost my job because there was no construction work. I'm like, what am I going to do? Oh, I'll start a website. So I started writing about trading and it was crazy. It started to took off pretty quick. <laughs> I love it. Congratulations to you. Listen, it's, um, you know, it's really humbling just being a part of this just massive community. I, I've, I'm incredibly fortunate to, you know, meet All Star Charge readers um, in, in so many different countries around the world, throughout Asia, India, uh, Hong Kong and Singapore, Taiwan, Philippines, Dublin, Amsterdam, Athens, UK, you know, all over North America, Miami, New York, Chicago, San Fran, Dallas, you know, you name it. And the one common denominator is just, you know, just really fascinating enthusiasm for the subject of technical analysis, you know, not, you know, the work that we're doing uh, at All Star Charts, of course, but just, you know, in general and just nice people. Just nice people everywhere I've gone. Just, <laughs> you know, I'm a Cuban kid from Miami. Very different than some of these other people that I've met from around the world. And just everybody's so nice. It, it really is so cool to see. Yeah, that is great. And, you know, nice work on everything you've been doing and on building that great community. And great job, man. Appreciate it. Okay, well, that's it for today, everybody. Go check out those links in the description. Find out what JC's doing and get those charts so you can learn how to really get a grasp on trends and learn some of these technical analysis skills that you need to be successful in the markets. That's it for this episode of the How to Trade It podcast. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.